Welcome to Multiple Perspectives. I'm David Lofgren. As we step into 2023, much about how the economy will fare in the coming year is still uncertain. But we know this to be true. Investing in alternatives has never been easier. In fact, I would venture to say that the self-directed investor has more options than ever before when seeking alternatives to public markets. But as any good behavioral economist will tell you, having more options does not mean we make better choices. So what are we to do? How can we compare all the investing opportunities in front of us in order to understand which will best suit our needs? Enter my guest on today's show, Richard McBeath, founder of MoneyMade.io. MoneyMade began as little more than a spreadsheet of options, Richard's database of emerging online investment firms. But over the past three years, he's grown it into a tool to help investors discover and vet platforms, aggregating track record data and reviews to serve as a much needed filter between the investor and the vast world of investing opportunities available to them. Here's our conversation. Richard McBeath, welcome to Multiple Perspectives. Thanks for taking the time today. Thanks, David. Yeah, good to be here. So professionally, you've been working in the fintech space and particularly in the alternative investing space for several years now. You were the VP of marketing at Masterworks, which is mm -hmm. fractionalized investments in blue chip art. You worked at Alto IRA. They do sort of like tech-enabled, self-directed IRA investing. And then you work, you know, as an advisor for a diversity fund. There's, there are all these sort of touch points for you on your way to founding Money Made mm -hmm. in February 2020. And I definitely want to get into the timing of the launch of Money Made. But before we do that, I'm just curious, like, how you got interested in the fintech space to begin with? Yeah, sure. So, so look, I sort of landed in in the US roughly eight years ago now, and I'd I'd spent about four years in Dubai running a sort of like one of the largest media agencies in, in Middle East and North Africa for about four years, and I, I came to the US just with a, a one way ticket and uh, and landed and immediately like had this I don't know received an email or something from a friend about this company called like Robin Hood, and was really intrigued and downloaded the app and was you know one of like the I don't know, the 60,000th person or whatever to download this app. And I think from like that moment when I, I realized like this beautiful UX, this simplicity of, of trading and investing in stocks, which I hadn't done previously, like up until this point, was a shift in, in the market, right? And overall, I thought this is, just felt this was the beginning of something, right? Like opening up access to people like me eight years ago that that hadn't had a load of experience or participation with active investing. So that was the catalyst for what was to follow. And I think from that moment on, I started to really dig into, into the space specifically just around investing. And I then stumbled across like crypto and became like obsessed with that. So I spent a couple of years really deep in, in crypto and, and then was introduced to Scott Lynn at Masterworks, who was just like literally just coming out the gates with this idea around fractionalized artwork or fine art. And again, that really piqued my interest. And I just saw that this there was this surge of new products and new ways of investing were really coming to market and, and coming quickly. And so I, I jumped on board with Scott and Masterworks like super early on. We didn't have our first offering through the SEC at this point. We were trying to get the first Warhol off the shelf and a lot of like testing the waters and running sort of campaigns to see how people would ultimately take that. And, and look, honestly, it was definitely foreign to me to start with. But really, that was the 
The catalyst was this open access to all from Robin Hood that really like just pushed me towards alternatives and different ways of investing. And from that point forward, started working with a number of these different investment platforms, Alto IRA, another platform that's that's opening up uh, access through technology and allowing users to invest their, their retirement funds into alternatives. So I spent some time with the guys there. And as things progressed, just saw this like increased surge of products to market, users now wanting to participate in these offerings. And, and the one thing that was missing for me that I was keeping on a spreadsheet was just somewhere to centrally discover all these platforms, easily compare them, understand how they work. And, and really it was a like classic case of, I had a spreadsheet of a hundred different platforms that I'd literally listed out over the course of three or five years or whatever it was, looking at fees and target returns and actual returns, the asset class, and just decided to pair up with a previous colleague of mine who had a, a recent exit and have a crack at building something that allowed you know everyday investors to discover this like awesome new space of investing and investing in whether it's hobbies passions or just for pure you know financial gain yeah it's been super interesting to see you know in the sort of post jobs act world all of these different opportunities that keep blossoming up and it it is amazing uh, how much creative creativity founders are bringing to to the space to just go, you know what, what what about this thing? I mean, you know, little by little, it's like, oh, you can invest in sneakers now, of course. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, it, it goes so far, you know, when, when you've got your eyes on this specific space and when you're, you're constantly searching for new platforms and new ways that they're opening up, like you've got like invest in racehorses, invest in dinosaur skulls, invest in, <laughs> it's just, it's unbelievable and unreal what's, uh, what's available and what's coming to market. But I think that the creativity is, it's exciting. And I think that a lot of these asset classes, and you'll see it splashed across most people's ads and marketing is, it is really about, you know, diversification. And it's typically assets that have been reserved, or at least gate kept to institutions or like ultra wealthy. And, and it's really exciting to to allow people to to invest in in asset classes, again, that they might not understand, but they're passionate about, right? So So it's been really cool. Yeah, and it, it, that that key of like they might not understand but are passionate about. I feel like so much of the work we're all doing in this space is around education. I'm sure you saw that at Masterworks trying to get out, that off the ground. Like, how do you help investors understand how to even start thinking about this asset class? Yep. Yeah, it, it's definitely been it's definitely been the challenge, but an exciting one. And, and certainly at Money Made, we really try and take the subjectivity out of every decision certainly when it comes to investing and and that's why we we use so much returns data from a number of different sources across all asset classes so what's been interesting over the last i'd say two years is we've gone from this like mega bull market right where you almost couldn't fail when investing it's almost it was a case of like how much can i make like you weren't even considering a loss to like this absolutely, certainly the media makes this terrifying bear market where like everything's red. And it's been like interesting to, to showcase, I think, different asset classes and how they perform across these different times and, and educate users that sometimes like in investing you lose and it's about sort of like managing that, that loss, right? So it's been interesting. We, we actually, at Money Made, we started investing in 
a load of these different platforms a couple of years ago, as in creating accounts as any user would. We did it for a number of reasons, like to understand like UX and the product and how that sort of changes over time, like to be an actual investor. And we ended up investing in about, so far to date, I think 60 or 65 different products and, in, and platforms. We've created this like mega portfolio, money-made portfolio that we're now sharing with, with just everyday users. They can come in and get an email to them on money-made. But you know, what's been so fascinating looking at that is, is how these different assets and the portfolio as a whole has performed, right? So we talk about diversification and like limiting risk and reducing in, in downturns, like re reducing loss. And what's been so beautiful is that's exactly what it's done. And I'm even just pulling it up in front of me now so I can like reference it. And, and I think in, in equity multiples, like, you know, in their corner, like real estate has absolutely flourished, right? Like it just, it's green, green, green across all the platforms. And it's been like a really solid like driver in reducing our overall sort of loss. And we've like managed risk through through this diversification. And we're just at Money Made, look, we're really trying to just work out ways where we can communicate benefits of diversification, benefits of different asset classes in in these like literal ways. And that's why we're like really trying to lean into the to the data and even just like our own investments and sharing that. Well, of course, it's good to hear that you're practicing what you preach both, it sounds like, as Money Made invests in this big portfolio, but also independently that you're all sort of, you know, in the alt space and building your own portfolios. There's actually, oh, no. there's a Q&A yeah. on the Money Made blog where you sort of talk about your like portfolio asset allocation strategy a little bit. Yeah. And so, of course, given that Equity Multiple offers investments in commercial real estate, it stuck out to me that for you personally, real estate is a second only to to stocks in your uh -huh. portfolio allocation. Yep. So obviously you're evaluating hundreds of different investing opportunities all the time. Like, What is it for you about real estate that feels like it's an attractive place to, to put your money in? And how do you think about that portfolio construction? Yeah, I think that like, look, with real estate, the, the narrative has been there for centuries, right? Like it's real estate is a sound investment. And for me, it's something that like I understand. I've like spent a lot of time in specifically looking at like real estate investments and I invest both like on platform and off platform. So for me, again, it's it ticks the boxes that, that I'm looking for, right? Where it has this beautiful mix of like growth and income, which is attractive to me personally. And it's time tested, right? It's got centuries of data behind it and it's a tangible asset. And yeah, I just understand it. And I think for me, I'm what you would refer to as like a thunder nerd in the space of alternatives <laughs> and investing. Like I'm probably too heavily diversified if I was going to be completely honest, but I just enjoy being part of the community and part of these different sort of assets. But Again, like it's my money and ultimately like I want to achieve, I want to achieve solid re returns and also be ready for any sort of like downside risk management. And I feel like I'm doing that. Um, well, I'm curious about that piece because obviously you have a lot of exposure and you've, you've both had the experience and been able to take the time to, to educate yourself about this stuff. But when you're actually going into an investment and for our audience, probably the easiest way to frame this is if you're thinking about investing in a fractionalized 
real estate investment? Like, what are the questions that you ask? How do you perform whatever you feel like is a level of due diligence that allows you to feel confident that you do want to put some of your own hard-earned money into something like that? Yeah, it's such a good question. And you know what? We ran this survey a couple of months ago, pretty much asking essentially like our power users, what those, like what those questions were as well, like what's most important to them. And I think, I think I'm on the, the, I'm on the same page, which is all we've got is history when it comes to investing, right? Like I think that anyone who tries to predict prices, whether it's a stock or like Bitcoin's going to be a hundred thousand dollars next week, like nobody knows, like literally nobody will ever know the price of something tomorrow or you know within the next like seconds and i think that all we can do is is look back over time and and look at how that specific investment or asset has performed through like different periods and so so the answer is like for me it's it's historical data right it's just looking at what has happened previously in time and how is how is that asset ultimately paired with it and and that for me is probably one of the the most important indicators when it comes to an asset class, right? And then when it comes to a platform, you know, we've just, I think we've probably just launched these, the new profiles on, on Money Made, which reflect exactly the points that came from user research and, and me personally that I wanna see when I'm investing in a platform. And again, that's like historical performance. Um, you wanna see uh, the, the, the team, you wanna understand that they're like an established team and, and who is actually part of the business. And ultimately things like understanding, have they been in, in press and have they been published, like the legitimacy of the actual business itself. And we get a ton of inbound from different platforms and products that say, like, can we be listed on, on Money Made? Can we sort of work together? And you'd be amazed at how many we turn down. And it's not always because we just fear the, that they're not like legitimate, but maybe they're early, right? They haven't been established for long enough. And we just don't want to expose like our users as I wouldn't want to be exposed personally to a, a, a platform that either hasn't like got a significant amount of funding and is going to survive or just has that sort of track record of people and performance. So, so really like in a long winded way, I, I think that just looking at that history and, and seeing ultimately how things have performed both from a, an asset class and a platform perspective is probably like my, my number one. You're positioned in a place that is fairly unique in the sense that you are, you know, sort of in the middle of these two markets, bringing platforms or, or investment opportunities to investors. And also you get to hear a lot about how investors are thinking and probably see in your data how they're behaving. Of course, we're in sort of, you know, unprecedented financial times right now. I'm curious, you know, the shock of COVID has, has largely passed at this point, but we're seeing, you know, the highest interest rates in several decades. 2022 is poised to be like the worst year on record for the traditional 60-40 portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then outside of these like legacy investing approaches, the crypto market has cratered. You know, all this stuff that has happened with FTX is, um, you know, I think has been a, a big shock for folks and we're still sort of waiting to see how dominoes fall as a result of that. How, in this moment, we're recording in December of 2022, how do you see investors behaving right now? And are there any changes or any sort of different ways that people are, are allocating or, or the ways that they're asking questions that you've been able to identify? Yeah. 
It's such a good question. And, and I think like I've honestly been fascinated by the like user behavior over specifically over like the last 12 months, I think. Right. And, and that again is coming into like bull and bear markets and, and these massive crashes through like crypto, which has had this rippling effect across <clears throat> the whole financial industry. But what I think I've, I've really noticed is like people seem to forget very quickly now and they also seem to get bored very quickly and what i mean by bored is like the whatever's sort of front page news today it'll stick for two days and people get bored of that and and shift focus onto something else and what that means is like how that's translated into into data and what we've seen with users is you know there was all this talk around obviously like inflation through the roof and there was like this fear being injected into the markets for like for a good few months and I feel like either the media got bored of it or users or both got bored of it but we saw this this time period of maybe like eight weeks where there was like this what I thought was like calm before the storm and it was really just like calm before like the norm it, it basically it was this silent moment where we definitely saw things slow down significantly in terms of just like user search, like users participating in in these products. And then all of a sudden, like business as usual, we've seen like the biggest December we've seen yet in terms of like volume of users investing, seen a surge in, in search. So to me, like, man, the crystal ball is like drunk. There's nothing that you cannot like look into this thing. <laughs> and work out what's going to happen next. We can speculate, but we don't attempt to, to uh, crystal ball it or, or look too far into the future. I think, um, you know, we, we just continue to, to provide, provide the, the information that we, that we can and, and what we're feeling is a lot of the traditional alternatives are holding strong. And it's great to see, honestly. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, that, that positions me perfectly for... Uh, the final question here. And of course, it's like a bit of a cliche at this point to end an interview with uh, a look towards the future. But, <laughs> you know, I, I promise I won't ask you to do any crystal ball gazing. <laughs> but, you know, I am curious, based on how you're positioned, you know, what you've got your eye on as we step into 2023. Like you're in the business of curating investments for your community. So maybe the right question here is not what's going to happen but yeah. how are you as a founder and and as a platform sort of positioning money made for whatever comes over the next 12 months yeah it's that, that's fair so i think that look i think we've done a pretty good job of generally aggregating a, an awful lot of information into into one space and and we'll continue to evolve and 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 get better at the discovery component i think where we're people are really moving towards is that sort of product investment match, right? I often say that it's exciting when we add, you know, a new product or a platform or an opportunity to Money Made, but it's becoming almost like Netflix, right? Where, you know, when you sit on the couch and you, you want to watch something and you spend more time like flicking through than you do actually like watching something. <laughs> and, and I'm like, man, uh, Money Made could become that, right? Where... It's a, an overwhelming marketplace where all of a sudden it's like this menu that 
you've got so many things to choose from that you just you're lost and i think there's a beauty and a beast to to the sort of proliferation and and increased number of products to market and opportunities but users now need a simple way of filtering out what's right for them and then getting the education understanding and moving on and i think that 99.9% of individuals don't really know like what they should invest in certainly what they could invest in um like they're always <clears throat> there's always a point of hesitation or or unknown and and we're trying to to reduce that and at least provide individuals with confidence in the investments that they're making not necessarily that they're going to be perfect they never will be but just really like matching them with the right products and i think that i'm deep in this hole of open ai right now and i think that you know that plays a role in 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 the business in in the world moving forward and that's definitely something that we're that we're certainly exploring is how we ultimately get users the right products without having to spend an awful lot of time and effort in in combing through it. Wow. Well, I have to say I'm excited to see how that plays out. I think the AI conversation is we could do a whole oh, other man. podcast Don't on that one. <laughs> it's either ruining or making my life. I can tell you my my wife now thinks that uh, you know, I've it's it's my, basically it's, it's a, mis- a mistress. She's like, "Who's who's your new girlfriend?" I'm like, "I'm telling you, this thing it's a great conversation it is a great conversation and it will be it will be very interesting to see how things play out yeah um thanks so much richard i I really appreciate you taking the time and um all the best in the new year i appreciate it thanks so much david and again thanks to, to to the guys at equity multiple it's been a been a pleasure that does it for this episode of multiple perspectives as always, you can find out more about Equity Multiple at equitymultiple.com, where we've recently redesigned our website. I think it looks pretty good. Check it out. Mm-hmm.